Hello and welcome to this podcast from Nutrient Ingredients. I'm Stephen Daniels. Now, in the early 1970s, um, scientists first reported the importance of omega-3 fatty acids for brain health, and in particular, docosahexaenoic acid, or DHA. Now, that work was done by Michael Crawford from the Nuffield Institute, which is in London. Now, 40 years on, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Professor Crawford, who's sitting right next to me. Now, Professor Crawford, in that 40 years, intakes of omega-3 have declined, and the in- uh, the incidence of brain disorders has increased. You have concerns over this. Yeah. Well, the prediction we made in 1972 was based on the fact that the brain is made of fat, essential fats that you need in the diet, that death from heart disease had risen from a rarity at the beginning of the century. By the 1970s, was number one killer, and that was due to bad fats. And because the brain is better protected than the arteries, Uh, it was logical that unless something was done to specifically address the nutrition of the brain, uh, that the brain would be next. And this is exactly what has happened. Uh, In in 2005, uh, the European Union called for an audit on the cost of ill health throughout Europe. And for the 25 member states, the highest cost of any burden of ill health was mental ill health uh, and brain disorders at a level of 386 billion euros for the 25 member states. Now we kept on asking the British government, um, you know, what was the cost in the UK? Eventually they did the numbers and in uh, a year ago Dr. Joe Nurse from the Department of Health uh, presented the data that the cost in 2007 was 77 billion pounds, 77 billion pounds. And then that cost is greater than the cost of heart disease and cancer combined. So it is a very scary scenario because if brain disorders continue to rise, as we predicted, as heart disease rose last century, then society is in for some very serious trouble. But this is not something... um that we should shy away from, because this is reversible. It's not a trivial issue by any means. It is probably the greatest threat to humanity and mankind that we've ever had, and it's something that really needs to be addressed aggressively and fast. So what are the options open to us at this stage? Is it, is it a regulatory thing in terms of making sure um, we overhaul the diet, or how do we do this? Well, there, there are two ways of thinking about this. The first is that... Uh, Education with regard to um, health, hygiene, and nutrition was removed from the school curriculum in the 1970s. And children need to be um, informed about this. They need to be empowered to make their own decisions about the most important issue that's going to affect their own health and the health of their own children. And that means education from uh, preschool right through to A-level uh, and uh, no reason why a child should not leave school today knowing exactly what I know about nutrition. And that would mean that they can then make decisions about a very essentially important aspect that will really determine the future of their own lives. The second issue is that that has to be mirrored by education within the medical schools because the medical fraternity have had very little of, of nutrition education, yet dis- this is despite the fact that coronary heart disease cancer, mental ill health are distinctly related to the nutrition that we have at the moment. 
So its bulk of their, their practices and concerned with nutritionally related disorders, and they know very little or educated very little about nutrition, and that needs to be done. And the third thing is, is gets into the regulatory aspects, but much more into a food and agricultural system which has gone wrong. Because last century, uh, food and agriculture policies were based on the idea of protein and body growth. And Homo sapiens is not noted for body growth. Homo sapiens is noted for brain growth. And we've got to change the paradigm. We've got to change the priorities. And that means uh, agriculturalizing the oceans, um, marine agriculture, and a shift away from some of the uh, atherogenic and thrombogenic type fats that we are consistently eating today. My last question, very, very quickly, is we're here in London um, at the celebration of DHA, which um, you know goes back 40-odd years, even more than that. And there is an awful lot of science, regardless of what various regulators around the world are saying. They seem to be cutting it down at every point. There is a lot of science out there, and it is very promising. Uh, the science is totally robust, and I think it's now... Um, uh, uh, we have to act. There was a meeting with the uh, um, American Army, military rather, in Washington last year, uh, organized by Dr. Joseph Hibbon at the National Institutes of Health. And uh, at that meeting, Carmona, who was the, I think, the 17th U.S. Surgeon General, made the blunt statement that we do not have time. We have to act now. A very blunt and forceful statement by a top regulator in the United States. Well, thank you very much, Professor Crop. It's been a pleasure speaking to you today. For Nutri Ingredients, I'm Stephen Daniels.